Hi, this is Lindy Kaiser, Senior Editor of ClarenceJobs.com. Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Podcast. Today, we're bringing you an interview with Michelle Sutfin, an industrial security professional and the industry spokesperson for the National Industrial Security Program Policy Advisory Committee. She discusses the role of the NISPAC, the latest initiatives within the committee, and the ongoing security clearance backlog. So my first question is just, I know that those security officers know about NISPAC, the role it plays, but that average security clearance holder or applicant who's applying for a security clearance, I imagine they don't get access to your materials or even know that you exist. So just give me a brief overview of what the NISPAC is and does. The National Industrial Security Program was established under an executive order back in 1993. And when that was established as part of the executive order, they formed the NISPAC. And the NISPAC is the National Industrial Security Program Policy Advisory Committee. And within that committee, it was agreed upon that there would be 16 government representatives along with eight industry representatives that would get together a minimum of three times a year to discuss the impacts of national industrial security policy and what we can do in order to reform it. So my role is the spokesperson for the eight industry members, and it is my role to ensure that the government understands what the voice of industry is, but also as part of my role is for me to get out to industry and to communicate to industry so that they understand what it is we are trying to do and trying to accomplish in our meetings. Tell me a little bit more about those meetings. What is generally discussed? Do you have some of the same topics that you address every time? Is it based on the latest policy changes out of ODNI? Kind of where does your agenda for those meetings come from? So we have two types of meetings. We have the formal NISPAC meeting that is held at the National Archives building three times a year, and that is when all of the industry representatives and the government representatives get together, and we essentially provide status updates of everything that we have been working on in between each of those three meetings. Those meetings are all open to the public, and anybody can come and attend, and they are all recorded on the record as well. In between those three meetings, we also have what's called working group meetings. Depending on the issues of the day, we will formulate either ad hoc working groups or we have uh, consistent working groups that we have all of the time, and then we work with the government on what what the current issues are. So the ad hoc working groups change every couple, maybe every year or so, And then the core working groups are the PERSEC working group, where we're obviously dealing with issues of uh, personal security clearances. And then we have the IT working group, where we're dealing with RMF right now. We have the NISPOM rewrite working group that is going on right now, where we're completely rewriting the NISPOM. And then we have the insider threat working group, which was just recently established. When I'm talking to facility security officers, that is their biggest pain point slash point of interest right now is insider threat. So can you give me some thoughts on what what that insider threat working group is doing right now? Um, You said they were the most recently formed ad hoc group as I understand it. So can you just speak to that a little bit, why they were formed and what their role is within the NISPAC? The insider threat portion of NISPOM conforming change to is pretty recent for industry. We had to have our insider threat programs in place by November of 2016. So right now what you're probably hearing is a lot of consternation from the facility security officers because they're not exactly sure 
how DSS is going to assess their programs. And that is essentially what we're talking about right now is when DSS comes out to assess the programs that we have just put in place, what exactly are they going to be assessing because the programs are so new? And one of the things that DSS has consistently communicated to industry is right now for 2017, they're just going to come in and they're going to make sure we have a program for one. And then they're going to make sure that all of our insider threat program senior officials have been properly appointed and trained and that we are starting to train our employees on what insider threat is. Down the road, they're going to start rating us against effectiveness of our programs because DSS understands this is a new program for everybody and it's going to take everybody some time to get used to it. In terms of effectiveness, essentially what they will be doing is interviewing the employee population and asking them if they have an understanding of what insider threat is and what they should and should not be reporting. Some of the resources you're seeing companies give in response to that. So DSS actually did a really good job of creating a FSO toolkit for insider threat programs so that the smaller companies don't have to reinvent the wheel. They can actually log on to the DSS website. It tells them exactly what type of training they can give their employees, and it tells them exactly how to set up an insider threat program. They also have CDS e-training for the insider threat program senior official to tell them exactly what to do to, to set up that program. It's not quarterly requirements. Right now, DSS is reporting that 95% of the cleared cage codes already have established their insider threat program senior official appointments, and they have 90% of the insider threat plans already certified. So industry is doing a really good job of implementing these programs that DSS has put in place. And government has already had the requirement. Is, is that correct? That is exactly correct. Um, and of course, their programs, industry doesn't have a whole lot of insight into what exactly their requirements are. We just know that they have them. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Security Clearance Podcast. Visit news.clearancejobs.com for more security clearance policy updates.